Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community practicing the way of Jesus and thirsting for the life He gives. In some Christian traditions today, it's called Low Sunday. Did you know that? The Sunday after Easter in a lot of Christian traditions is called Low Sunday. I've been in occupational ministry for almost 28 years now, and that is exactly how I would describe the Sunday after Easter, low Sunday. I had a pastor friend of mine text me this week, and he texted me, how is your Easter hangover? And he wasn't meaning you got drunk on Easter, right? That's pastor talk, how is your Easter hangover? Because um, Easter is, there's so much that has to happen on that one day, right? Um, He was referring to the way that we kind of binge celebrate. On Easter, we celebrate resurrection, but we only have one day to do it, and it feels abrupt and it feels all at once. And it it really doesn't make a lot of sense because we have the Advent season on the church calendar, which is the day after Thanksgiving to Christmas. It's a month. And then we have Lent, the season of Lent, which is 40 weekdays leading up to Easter. But then when it gets to Easter, we get one day to celebrate resurrection, it's over. And and, and Low Sunday is Low Sunday because it kind of feels like the beginning of the off-season a little bit, right? Um, now, you, you, I guess you could say that we celebrate resurrection every Sunday, and I suppose that that would be true. But how nice would it be to prolong Easter and focus on resurrection and Jesus' resurrection? And some church traditions do that. They call it Eastertide, which means the season of Easter. And in In those traditions, they give 50 days to it. So it's longer than Advent. It's longer than Lent. Um, They give 50 days to it because when you read about the resurrection of Jesus, what you find is that for 40 days, Jesus appeared after his resurrection. He appeared for 40 days to his disciples and friends. And then when he ascended to heaven, he told them, wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And there was 10 more days of waiting before Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came. So 40 plus 10 is 50. Pentecost means 50 days. And so we thought we would try that this year, that that we would take um, some extra time this year to immerse ourselves in the resurrection all the way from Easter to Pentecost Sunday, which is May 28th, 50 days after Easter. And so today I want to talk about resurrection, and I want to talk about cultivating resurrection wonder. And, And unfortunately, we live in a world that that chokes out wonder. We used, we, used to, we used to engage in wonder when we were kids. Do you remember that? I remember growing up as a kid, we had this giant weeping willow tree in my backyard. And it was massive. And I, me and my brother would swing on the branches like Tarzan, and they wouldn't break. And I was, I, I was amazed. How, how does this tree do this? How do, these, how do these branches not break? And we're like trying to tear them and, and swinging on them. And I remember wondering, just staring at that tree, wondering, how old is this tree? Who planted it? Why does it look so sad? <laughs> it's a weeping willow. Why are the leaves like that? Why won't these branches break no matter what we try to do? And eventually what happens to us is as we grow older, Wonder takes a back seat, right? We become more preoccupied with productivity um, and, and less so with being inquisitive and stopping and staring at things and wondering at things. We become more fixated on 
on ordinary instead of the extraordinary. And here's the thing. If, if you and I are serious about following Jesus, then we can't approach resurrection that way because the resurrection isn't ordinary. It, it, it's extraordinary. It requires more than just a passing glance or, or a passing thought. It requires us to stop and stare at it. It requires us to, to wonder about it, to, to take it all in and to delight in it and consider all of its implications. Because it, it, it's, it's one thing to know in our heads that Jesus was crucified, right? That he took all the sin of the world. It's one thing to know that he rose from the dead on the third day, that he conquered sin and death once and for all, that he reconciled us with God. It's one thing to know all that in our heads, but it's another thing to know it experientially, where we engage with it, where we live into it. Um, Eugene Peterson, in his book, Living the Resurrection, uh, says it this way, Resurrection is exclusively God's operation. It pulls us out of our preoccupation with ourselves into a world of wonder, into the very action of God. See, I'm convinced of this, that if we approach the resurrection without a sense of wonder, our Christian walk and our spiritual formation quickly gets reduced to a do-it-yourself program to a do-it-yourself project. If we don't, if we approach the resurrection of Jesus without any sense of wonder, then our spiritual formation, it, it gets reduced to, to a do-it-yourself thing. Right? Where, where it's something that we have to do on our own accord. That without a, a sense of resurrection wonder, all of our efforts to follow Jesus will, will lead us to a place of frustration, guilt, anxiety, inadequacy, self-righteousness, rather than, than, than something that Jesus does with us and in us and through us. Okay, so what do I mean by resurrection wonder? And, and how exactly does a person cultivate resurrection wonder? Well, I'll start with this. When we look at the Gospels, the Gospel accounts, all four Gospel accounts of the resurrection involve people who are close to Jesus. And yet they were all surprised by the resurrection. Even though Jesus told them, Jesus told them that he would die and be raised again on the third day. And it wasn't just Jesus' close followers who heard that message from Jesus. Others had heard Jesus talk about his resurrection too. Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 27. Let me read a few verses for us. Matthew 27, starting in verse 62. The next day, the one after preparation day, the chief priests and the Pharisees went to Pilate. Sir, they said, we remember that while he was still alive, they're referring to Jesus, while he was still alive, that deceiver said, after three days I will rise again. So give the order for the tomb to be made secure until the third day. Otherwise, his disciples may come and steal the body and tell the people that he has been raised from the dead. This last deception will be worse than the first. Verse 65, take a guard, Pilate answered. Go make the tomb as secure as you, you, you know how. So when they went and made the tomb secure by putting a seal 
on the stone and posting the guard. See, we read this and we recognize that, that Jesus' resurrection clearly wasn't a secret meant for his closest followers. He talked about it. Other people heard it. Even the chief priests and the Pharisees who were Jesus' enemies, right? They, they wanted to get rid of Jesus. Even the chief priests and the Pharisees heard Jesus talking about his resurrection to the point where they, they talk to Pilate and they say, hey, this, this could be a, a resurrection scandal. you got to send a guard. And up to 16 soldiers are guarding that tomb. And not only that, they seal. They put a seal on the tomb, and, it, and it's not just any seal. It's, a, it's an imperial seal, which means if it's broken... It's an offense punishable by death. And so, if the priests and the Pharisees remember Jesus talking about his resurrection on the third day, surely Jesus' closest followers would have remembered that too. So why all the astonishment? Why all the wonder? Listen to some of the words used in the four Gospels to describe Jesus' resurrection and how his friends engaged it. Listen to some of these words. Amazed, astonished, perplexed, startled, wondering, alarmed, afraid, filled with joy, trembling, frightened, hearts burning within us, overjoyed, bewildered. All these words to describe their experience of, of Jesus' resurrection. Where did all this astonishment come from? See, here's the thing with wonder. Wonder's very nature is to surpass our expectations and to catch us off guard. If it doesn't surpass our expectations or catch us off guard, it's not wonder. Which is why it feels impossible sometimes to communicate or convey a sense of wonder. Have you ever tried that before? It doesn't work. You can have this wonderful experience, right, full of wonder. It's amazing. And you go to share it with somebody, and they're like, cool, bro. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, you don't understand. I, I remember several years ago, I had won an all-expense-paid trip to Santorini, Greece, to stay at um, this amazing recording studio called Black Rock Studios. And, and I got there, and we had 27 songwriters and artists from 17 different countries that were all staying here. We're all going to write music together for three days. And I remember one day I'm in the room. There were like five or six recording rooms in the studio. And I'm in the room where my favorite band, One Republic, recorded Counting Stars. And, and there's the gold harp. And I'm like, that's the harp right there that they played. And I, I had to play it. I don't play the harp. But I just like pulled some strings. I'm like, cool, I just played I just played that harp. <laughs> but, but I got to write music with all of these amazing people from 17 different countries and for three days. And, and the studio was on the cliff uh, overlooking the Aegean Sea. It was just, it was breathtaking. And I remember I got home and I'm trying to tell my family and friends about it, like I'm telling you. And they were like, oh, that's, that's cool. And I'm like, no, it's not cool. <laughs> it's amazing. It was full of wonder. It was the I played the harp on count. I played it. I was in the room where they recorded that song, and I wrote a song in there with some friends from, from Norway and all over the place. It, it was incredible. And they're like, cool, bro. <laughs> because, because wonder has to be personally experienced and engaged for it to be wonder. You can't be told about it. Which is probably why when Mary Magdalene and the women discover the empty tomb, 
they're amazed. They're trembling. They're terrified. They run back to tell the disciples, and they're like, cool, bro. <laughs> they didn't believe them. <laughs> and, and we're told that Peter and John ran to the tomb because they had to see it and experience the empty tomb for themselves. Right? Because wonder requires us to stop and stare, to delight, to take it all in, to personally immerse ourselves. And that's why the resurrection has to be approached with a sense of wonder, because it's personal. It can't be packaged. You can't, you can't receive, a, you can't cultivate resurrection wonder by going to Easter and hearing somebody talk about it or preach about it. Because it's bigger than a story. It's bigger than a Sunday sermon. It's bigger than a concept. It's deeper than a self-help project. It's wider than any religious institution. Jesus said this, I am the resurrection and the life. See, the resurrection is a person. And his name is Jesus. So resurrection wonder and cultivating that is personal. It's not private. It's personal. And you can't cultivate resurrection wonder without experiencing Jesus for yourself. So how do you do it? How do you cultivate resurrection wonder? Well, maybe you're here this morning and you, you want your faith in Jesus to be more than just stale intellectual knowledge about him. You, you want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. You, you want to cultivate resurrection wonder in your own life. How do you do it? Well, I believe that, that you and I, that we cultivate resurrection wonder the same way the earliest followers of Jesus did. And that's by being with Jesus, by being with him, because he is the resurrection. So I want to submit to you five places to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder. And as Ian mentioned, John Mine and our friends, John Mine and Abby Carroll, put this list together, so they're preaching my sermon too. I, I'm not even going to preach anymore. We've got Ian... I'm just going to sit and drink coffee and eat leftover donuts in the lobby. But I want to give you this, these five places that, that our friends put together for us to be with Jesus, where, where Jesus is guaranteed to be. And this is how we cultivate resurrection wonder, by being with Jesus. So here's five places. And of course, there's more than this. Right? These are five where Jesus promises to be. The first one is in Scripture. One of the places where we're guaranteed to meet Jesus is in God's Word. That, that when we make time to engage with Scripture, we, we cultivate resurrection wonder because Jesus meets us there. Now, there's all kinds of ways to engage with Scripture, right? You can read it. You can sing it like we did a few minutes ago. You can study it. You can meditate on it. You can listen to it on audio. Or even as you're listening to me today, read scripture. You can listen to it. You can memorize it. You can write it down. You can quote it. You can pray it. Right? There's all kinds of ways to engage scripture. We don't have to limit our engagement to scripture on a Sunday morning during a sermon. And, and you, we also don't have to be intimidated by scripture. There, there are going to be parts of scripture that you don't fully understand. But that's okay. That's part of the wonder. That's part of the wonder of it. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this, that the word of God is living and active, that's alive. And it's one of the places we're guaranteed 
to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder. The second place is among the church gathered. If, if, if we want to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder, we can do that among the church gathered. Jesus promises to be present in our gatherings. In Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said this, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm with them, right? Which means that he's here. So on Sunday morning, when we come together for worship, we're we're not just singing a few songs and hearing someone preach and having some coffee and once a month doing communion and, and saying some prayers. We're doing all that. But we're also engaging with Jesus here, right? And and one of the ways we we cultivate resurrection wonder is approaching our gatherings with that expectation to be with Jesus, that Jesus is going to meet us there. In fact, he's there before we get here, waiting. And and, and if we approach our Sunday gatherings and, and, and we stop and stare and take everything in that God is doing, not, in our, not just in our own lives, but in our brothers' and sisters' lives, in our, in our church community and church family lives, right? The third place to be with Jesus and, and cultivate resurrection wonder is in prayer. And, and, and this feels like a given, right? Because the very essence of prayer is to commune with God. Um, but here's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes we get a little bit nervous about prayer. We don't, we don't want to mess it up. And even the early disciples who were with Jesus, they asked Jesus, teach us how to pray. And Jesus gave them the Lord's Prayer. Because prayer, prayer is, is something that we learn. It's something that we grow in over time. It's okay if you don't get all the words right. Have you ever watched a parent with a little child who is just learning how to talk, and the little kid like says something, and the parent freaks out, like, they just said dada. <laughs> And they're like, I'm pretty sure they didn't. I think that was just a noise. But no, no, they said it. Say it again. And, and, and if the kid ever says it again, like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. That's how Jesus is with us when we're learning how to pray. We, you can't mess it up. Like you, you, even the simplest prayer is an opportunity to be with Jesus and to cultivate resurrection wonder. The fourth one, and Ian already preached this one, so I'm going to do it really quick. One of the places to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder is, is among the least of these. And, and here's some pastoral advice. If you ever have a hard time finding Jesus, just go to the marginalized, the poor, the sick, the elderly, the widow, the orphan, the refugee, the forgotten, the vulnerable, the disabled, the incarcerated, the homeless, the oppressed, and you'll find Jesus there. In Matthew 25, Jesus said this, whatever you do to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you've done it to me, right? So serving the least of these is a huge part of cultivating resurrection wonder because Jesus is guaranteed to be there. Then finally, the fifth place to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder is in Sabbath. And here's the thing about Sabbath It's difficult to cultivate resurrection wonder if you don't take time to see it. And we live in a culture that doesn't take time for anything. We just move from one thing to the next thing to the next thing. Productivity is is that self-sufficiency that Hannah talked about, right? Like, I got this, and I'm just going to be... But what Sabbath does is is it it helps us do four things. It, It helps us stop. It helps us rest. 
It helps us worship, and it helps us delight. Those are Sabbath rhythms, right? It's where it's, it, and, and maybe your life is so intense, maybe you're a single parent, and you're like, I can't take a whole day to Sabbath. Are you kidding me? I've got to, like, cook meals. I've got to get stuff ready for school, for kids. I'm, I'm working two jobs. You might not be able to take a full day of Sabbath, but maybe you could carve out an hour or two to do these four things, just to stop and just to, to refuse productivity <laughs> driving you. Just stop and rest and worship God, right? So a lot of times I think in the American church, we think Sabbath is recreation. And, and, and it is, recreation is part of Sabbath, right? Stopping and resting and delighting is part of it. But worship is a part of it too. So it's really not Sabbath until you stop, you rest, you worship. And you delight, delight in God, delight in God's goodness, delight in the gift that God's given you, the, the people he's brought in your life, the, his creation, the good blessings he's given you. Okay, a lot more can be said about that. A lot more can be said about all five of these places to be with Jesus and cultivate resurrection wonder. Um, it probably feels like a little bit of drinking from a fire hose this morning, just like I'm just blasting through these. But as a church, we've committed ourselves to, to three things, being to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. So we're going to talk about these things a lot more. Um, this isn't a one-time sermon done. We're, we'll, we'll move on to the next thing. This is going to be part of, of who we are as a church. And this is really just um, one short two-minute trailer to a much bigger movie, a much bigger cinematic experience. So can I pray for us? And then we can sing, sing, sing one last song. Why don't we stand up and we'll pray. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we just start by confessing that we, um, we don't always do a good job of cultivating resurrection wonder. We are always moving on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And sometimes being with Jesus is hard because we have all of these other places we want to be and do. So Holy Spirit, we just confess that and that, that we need your help because we want to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection in our own lives. We want to be able to be with Jesus in these places and, and be transformed and, and, and not just um, get in the routine and in, in, in the rigmarole of doing all these spiritual steps without Jesus being present in our lives. So Lord, would you help us? Would you help us as a church and as individuals just to stop and to slow down and, and to engage Jesus in these places, in Scripture, among the church gathered in prayer, among the least of these, in Sabbath, Lord, we can't do this on our own. We, we need your help. Would you, would you do that? Would you, would you give us your help? Would you transform us and change us into the image of your Son, Jesus? We ask all these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's sing. You're listening to the official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. 
For more information about Church of the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at www.wellchurchvt.com.